bring the heart. It's time to get loud. Let's go! Because this is Betfred Super League. Bring it on. Hello, everyone, and welcome along to this week's Eddie and Steve-O, the podcast, sponsored and supported by Rugby League's major sponsors, Betfred. Second week of the season, and Steve-O, it's a summer game these days. You got your big wish in 1996. (laughs) The game was switched, but it's hardly been summer weather this week. It's bucketing down with rain here, has been for the last seven days. The roof was blown off the O2 Arena down there in London. Did it blow you off your feet as well? Uh, very, very close to it, I must say. Uh, I think I'm using a, a Yorkshire word here. I'm sodden. Yes, which I know means exactly what you mean. <laughs> I mean, you just can't avoid it. And this this wind's no good for your hair, Eddie. No, I know. It must be dreadful, Steve. You must be having an awful job keeping yours under control. <laughs> well, I've got a, a couple of chamois at the side of me. I can always wipe it off. <laughs> good lad. Good to, it's good to hear from you because I, I must say, with such bad weather, I thought the standard of rugby league this weekend has been outstanding. Gale force wins and things like that. And obviously, the kicking game came to the fore. So many tries were scored by the kick. Yeah, very much so. Uh, We'll come on to all of that in a minute, but um, I think we must just pause for a second or two because uh, after our podcast was recorded last week, we got the dreadfully sad news that the great Johnny Whiteley, MBE, had uh, passed away. Uh, So we couldn't really pay proper tribute to him last week, so let's do that now. Uh, What a legendary figure this guy was, Johnny Whiteley. 91... He, uh, he he made his whole debut, Steve-O, 72 years ago. And what a lovely man he was. Absolutely a wonderful, perfect gentleman. I have never known anybody have a bad word against him. He was a tremendous player, but even a more wonderful gentleman that gave so much to our game. People do not realise how much. He was a fitness fanatic... He has done so much for junior development, involvement in all amateur game, and of course, a wonderful and a great Britain international. And I was so, so proud to meet him in my early days. And he coached me. He was a coach of Yorkshire when they used to have the Cumberland and uh, Lancashire Yorkshire uh, competition on. Um, It's sad news, but he's had a wonderful, wonderful life absolutely tremendous life and he always had one thing on his face and that was a smile indeed i was privileged to meet him on a a number of occasions as well Uh, a world cup winner in 1954 and 1960 uh, coach of the 
1970 Ashes Great Britain winning team, the last team to venture down under wearing Great Britain's colours and win the Ashes against Australia. So his legacy, member of the Hall of Fame, his legacy is just fantastic. They don't come much better, do they, when you think about it? He will be missed, definitely, but he will always be remembered as Gentleman John. Never got sent off in his entire career. And he pulled a city, the city of Hull, together, didn't he? Uh, red and white and black and white. Uh, they all loved him, both sides of that city. He was such a, a popular and well-loved figure. He's the only person that I know that has been accepted by red and white and black and white. And to do that in Hull is exceptional. Very much so, yes, because the... There's not much love lost between the east and west sides of that city. Well, look, the, the Black and Whites marked his passing with a, a remarkable tribute uh, to him prior to the kickoff of St. Helens, uh, the St. Helens match on Saturday. We'll come on to that in a minute. Um, we've also got um, a fairly distasteful story, Steve-O, to reflect, I think, this week. The use of performance-enhancing drugs in our sport, as reported by ITV News last week. Now... They got Oliver Wilkes on, and he admitted he's the former Scottish international, and he played 500 games for 11 different clubs. Oliver Wilkes admitted that he had taken performance-enhancing drugs, uh, and he says that four years ago at Whitehaven, he said the club knew nothing about it. Six weeks into that season when he was taking these drugs... Uh, Wigan got on the phone, called him, and he signed for Wigan. Wigan also knew nothing about it. Rugby League, uh, they have probably one of the strictest in all the sports, and they make sure that the drug testing is uh, on a regular basis. The only thing that concerns me is the timing for these two players, to ex-players, to come out and talk about taking drugs. If they were concerned and they are suggesting that we must take another look at the drug situation. Why did they not do it then? Why wait nearly two years or just over two years to now come out on the very weekend of our first Super League programme? I know, the cynic in me says exactly the same. Why now? I mean, last week, Channel 4 to... You know, great aplomb, they came on board. Six fantastic games we had, rugby leagues on a high, and then this came along. I mean, we, we, you know, who encourages people like Oliver Wilkes and Jamie Acton? Because as soon as this hit the airwaves, Jamie Acton uh, put out a thing on his Instagram uh, saying that, you know, he knows exactly what Oliver Wilkes is talking about. Uh, he has had a another a test that was frozen, it, and it's been, he, he retired from the game in. 2019, but only last month he has now been banned completely from the sport because the second test proved that there was something in it as well. A lot of people on Instagram supporting his view that the drug situation is rife. Why now? Why at the start of a season, which was going, is going, and will go so well, why, why now does this bad news hit the airwaves? I can't understand it. Uh, neither can I, and uh, I'm also cynical about the old, the whole affair. Uh, the Rugby Football League, as anyone that's involved in Rugby League, both amateur and professional, we know that they do a damn fine job at ensuring that they get tested on a regular basis. And I'm very cynical about it, Eddie. Why did they wait so long to put it in there? 
the Rugby Football League have come out with a statement. I'm surprised, maybe not as surprised as a lot of people, that they waited until the opening weekend of our competition. He says, he says does uh, Ollie Wilkes, that uh, doping took place at a number of clubs. He says some coaches, he doesn't name them, uh, protected certain players. He doesn't name them either. Uh, he says that the drug use is rife in the game. Now, former players like yourself, Brian Carney on Sky, publicly dismissed the views. And only just this week, Rob Burrow has come out, the great Rob Burrow, and said, he's read all this, what a load of rubbish. And the thing is, rugby league is the third most tested sport for drugs after football and rugby union. They took 600 tests in rugby football league in 2021. And for goodness sake, we were in the middle of a pandemic when that was all done. So they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes. I can't believe, and I hope you can't believe either, that this is prevalent in the sport. I'm with you, Eddie. I, I, I just think that, uh, to me, it's distasteful. It's an attack on the organisation. It more or less suggests that we are doing nothing to repel the players taking drugs. And it, it just baffles me why on earth did they not come out earlier in the piece? If they wanted to expose it, then yes, fine. To my way of thinking, if they wanted to help, and I'm sure that they thought maybe in themselves that to come out and tell people about it, that's fine. But where's the names? They've admitted, two players have admitted, but they won't come out with names. So it's it's not substantial, is it? Well, it doesn't seem to be. I mean, let's hope that it, it will be all put to bed very quickly and, and we can move on with what is shaping up to be a, a fantastic season. And let us let us put that to bed now because we've, we've talked about it long enough. Um, let's look at the weekend action then. We'll go in um, chronological order. Warrington against Castleford on Thursday. A dominant display by... Uh, Warrington, Darrell Powell's home debut against his former club. He's called it a pivotal victory for Warrington. He was eight years at Castleford. He certainly, he certainly wouldn't have wanted to lose this one, Steve, would he? No, and look, a lot of people don't realise how he has changed already, this Warrington attitude. Now, many people, especially Warrington fans, they've said, this is our season, this is the time, this is when we get to it, and they always seem to just fail at the end. Okay, they did well at Wembley. That is what they wanted, but now they want to win the big one, Super League. That's what they want to do. And I was so impressed with the way that he has changed the organisation of the forwards. Three quarters have always been outstanding, in my opinion. Ratchford at fullback, etc. But it's the forwards. He's changed them. It's changed their thinking. Now, instead of utilising two or three drives, just battering rams, he has given them the authority to be more adventurous. There were so many offloads from the forwards in that game, and they just completely took control. This is a new Warrington Wolves. And I can only say, well done, Mr. Powell, because he's changed the attitude. And I've been saying it for years, Eddie, I won't, I won't turn away from it. I still think St. Helens are going to be the favourites to win it again. But I'm now about to state 
Oh. Warrington will be the team. Take them to the wire. There you go. That's a that's a bold prediction, even at this stage of the season. But the, they they did look really good, I must say. Castleford, on the other hand, well, Lee Radford disappointed with their discipline. They lost the penalty count 10-4. You know, it seems discipline this year will be a major factor because the referees, the first two weeks, clamping down on foul play. And that's how it should be. We, we mentioned it, went into greater detail last week in regards to they've got to stop it. And the only way you can do that is stop these people swinging arms into the head. We've been talking for so long about the problems with concussion. Nobody seems to be listening. Well, it's up to Super League and the RFL. Tell the referees, the officials, if he goes over the shoulder, that's it. You're off. End of story. Obviously, Castleford have not heard this story. So many penalties given away. You can't do it. The days of saying, oh, I'm rough and tough, hopefully are gone. Well, they are doing their best, the referees, to do that, and let's hope that they continue with that policy. Now, uh, there is a social media phenomenon out there, Steve-O. Wizzy Rascal, the so-called Wizzy Rascal, <laughs> the, the unnamed young girl who drove the replica car onto the pitch to deliver the match ball. She drove past the referee twice. She's become a social media hit, and they're going to carry on with this at Warrington. It's a great marketing ploy, this. <laughs> Well, I, I tell you what, we got more publicity uh, yeah. than, we norm, than we normally get because of this young lady, and she was adamant. She was not going to let that ball go. <laughs> she wasn't. She went across one side of the field. She was turned oh, around, and she oh, went back to the other side and missed, and missed the poor old referee. He was stood there waiting. Oh, to get it. Dearly, it was brilliant. Dearly. It, was, it brilliant. was, and I, I don't know whether she owns that electric car, Eddie, but... I appeal to everybody. I, I, I'm quite prepared to send in it, send in some money to if it's not hers, we'll buy her the car. <laughs> we'll buy her an electric car because, as I say, she made everybody smile. Not just in rugby league, but everyone interested in sport. It was classic. Absolutely it was. wonderful. And as I say, they're going to continue on with uh, Wizzy. She's going to deliver the match ball. Hopefully at the next home game. Right, uh, Wigan against Leeds the next night. Now this is a this is a stellar fixture, Steve. In any year, of course, but Wigan completely dominated the Rhinos. And what about Jay Field? He grabbed the headlines with his hat trick. He's got electric pace. I know that he was there last year, but he hardly played. This is like a new star for Wigan. And where are they going to play Bevan French? Matty Pete said afterwards, probably in the reserves when he comes back. <laughs> Hey, what a great thing for a coach to be able to say that one of your star players may have to start off the bench or actually in reserves. And that's that's what the top clubs do. Uh, I can remember when Sam Tompkins came onto the onto the, the the view of everyone, and everyone was so excited. And and he, he's a great player, and he's proved to be a great player. And I hope this young kid can do exactly the same thing. It was a great start for Wigan. But I am totally worried, Eddie, about one thing, one factor. Lancashire, they've won 10 games and Yorkshire have only had three wins. <laughs> and we've got, we've, we've got four of our top teams haven't scored a point. They've not got a league table point yet. I know, I know. And Castleford uh, and uh, Leeds, rather, are one of them, uh, like Castleford. Now, what's happened? 
to Leeds. You know, two defeats from two, like Cass, as I say, and Hull Kingston Rovers come to that. We're going to come on to them in a minute or two. Um, Leeds, I know they've got their injuries, haven't they? And they've got their problems. Uh, but there was such high hopes at the start of the season for them. Yeah, and I, I think that the way it started, they were pretty confident. Remember, they took the lead, uh, scored the first try, and then all of a sudden, it went from bad to worse. I mean, the, the, that Wigan try where it looked as though it was a knock-on, it bounced off him, then it hit the back of his, his boot, and then went yeah. forward and scored the try. Now, the impetus there was obviously going to be with Wigan. As you say, Eddie, that I've got to recommend to everybody that this Pete, the new coach, is calm, collected. I didn't see any sort of change in his in his face as he was watching. Is obviously just concentrating so much, and I, I was impressed the way that they played. They played in a manner where they they seemed to be able to get the ball out to the three quarters far more than what they've done in the past. The three quarters were on a field day. They were. I think you're going to actually make a play for the House of Commons, Debo, because you dodged the question there brilliantly, just like any other politician would. The question was, <laughs> what's happened to Leeds? Now, come on. I know you're upset about Yorkshire. And I know you're certainly upset about your beloved Leeds. But what's gone wrong there? What's going wrong there? Injuries? Is that all it is? Uh, no. No, you can't just say that it's all about injuries. I know they have a few players out, uh, key players, but a lot of clubs have key players out as well. No, the attitude was all wrong. Maybe it often happens. When you score the first try, you sort of can be lulled into, oh, you know, we, we can just continue on, which they should do. But when you're playing, playing against a team like Wigan, just turned it and they said right they, they buckled down they got back into it instead of keeping the ball alive early in the piece they just slowed it down nice and calm and then they got the link to the three quarters and Leeds just they couldn't match it simple as that and they're having their problems as well I mean uh, like the fullback Jack Walker I mean he was out all last season and putting it mildly he had a shocker that didn't surprise me because it's going to take this young kid there was everyone talking about him last season and the, the season before and but he was injured and it's going to take this young kid a little bit more to get back into it but I can assure you that come the end of the season the name of Jack Walker will be extremely prominent because the attitude it leads is that they will get back into it Richard Agar made it quite clear. We were just outplayed. Simple as that. Sometimes you've got to be honest. And he yeah, was. It was a very, very honest appraisal of the game. You're right. Now, uh, Hull against Saints on uh, Saturday. Uh, St. Helens winning 38-6. More evidence, as you so rightly said earlier on, that they are the team to beat. But what on earth possessed Luke Gale to go in high with the boot? He makes contact with the player. It was a red card all day long and the match was over as a contest. I mean, that's not in Luke Gale's um, history, is it? He's not a dirty player, but I can't understand why he went in with his foot so high. He, he'd have been sent off in a Premier League football match for that. The amazing thing about it is that if you are going to put pressure on a man that's kicking the ball, you use your hands, you know, raise the arms, try to knock it down, and that's play on. 
not a knock on. And I, I just don't know what came over him with the, with leading with with the studs. That's very dangerous. I mean, that could have ended a player's career. And with the referees clamping down, the authorities have said, if it's high, then you could be sent off. I agree with that. But I thought it was a little bit pedantic in regards to they got penalised because the loose forward was slow to put his head into the scrum. Now, to me, come on, that that's... It's just taking it too far, Eddie. So what I'm saying is, is that if the referees are going to start looking for something like that, then I'll give up the game because we, it'll be stop-start all the time. I counted in that game, I think it was 24 or 25 play the balls where not one person touched the ball as they fed it back. Now, are we going to stop the game 24 times for that? No, definitely not. There's no chance of that. And I think you're quite conservative, actually, with your, your total there. I mean, the game was played in awful weather. And as you said, right at the start of this week's podcast, well done to all the players because they they really did produce. It was a Channel 4's second offering. They haven't got another one now for a month. Uh, they are the new TV uh, company on the Super League block. We we were fulsome in our praise last week, but I think we ought to give a word on behalf of, of the old team, Sky. They've been around for 27 Super League years. <laughs> They've paid millions and, of pounds for the coverage. And millions. I'm, I'm, with you. I'm with you on that, Eddie. But look, I'm happy, I'm happy that we're, we're, giving, we're giving the general public an, an opportunity to see the greatest game of all. They're in the honeymoon period, Channel 4. Well done to them. It's on terrestrial television, which people are trumpeting about. Don't forget the game's been on terrestrial television for years, courtesy of the BBC. Uh, and uh, funny enough, I saw I saw a, uh, an article uh, on a, a website called The Critic, uh, where they looked at uh, the whole <laughs> the whole history of the game of rugby league from Eddie Waring's days through Ray French, uh, through you and me, and now into into Channel Four. And you know, they're they're sort of saying that the the old Northern and I don't believe, by the way, that there is anything wrong with boasting the fact that we are a Northern sport. I really don't, because we are a major part of this country in the North. But they've taken it, they looked at it as how it's gone. Um, apparently, Steve, you and I, we tried to change the face and we went from a northern sport into you know, a world sport and we banged the drum every week, which of course we did. Um, we didn't come out of it too badly, actually, this, this report. N none of them did. <laughs> none of, the, none of the, uh, the broadcasters, none of the commentators, the summarizers, none of them did. It was nice to see. Uh, you know, it really was. Nice piece to see. Have a look at it if you can. It's on a, a website called The Critic. What, what was it called, The Critic? The Critic. And I'm going to be critical of you in a minute if you're not careful. But anyway, look, <laughs> let, let, let's look again at Saints. Uh, you know, uh, class act, Lewis Dodd. Jack Wellsby, Josh Sim shining through, Wormsley, Roby, Lussick and company. They are a class act, you know. I'd love to have seen them taken on Penrith, Steve-O, in the World Club Challenge. That's not to be. It's a shame because uh, my old club, Penrith, they, they fully deserved it down under. They played exceptionally well. They were, they're a tremendous team. And what a bonanza that would have been. St. Helens. Oh, I mean, it, it would have been one of the... the probably of the greatest games in, in a couple of decades because the way that both those both sides play is entertaining I love it I love it I'm biased because my old club Penrith have won it again but oh, the, the, I'm sorry the fans 
and myself and you, Eddie, we've missed out on a bonanza of rugby league. We have. We've missed a trick there. It's a shame. But Australia yeah. have now opened up the borders. And who knows, 2023 and Penrith and Saints probably going to be hot favourites both sides of the world. Let us wait and see. Hull then, another team yet to win this year, as are Hull Kingston Rovers. Rovers at Huddersfield. Now, they were well and truly beaten. Uh, is this second season syndrome for Hull KR and Tony Smith, do you think? It could be. And, and it it happens so often uh, in any sport. The spectators and the players, they were proud of what they did last year. Tony, Smith, Tony Smith did a fantastic job. Um and they expect to do exactly the same thing. But it's not that easy. Sometimes bringing in new players, uh, a few players that uh, go off the boil, and suddenly you find yourself in a panic situation. And that's, that's not good. But I think they'll bounce back. Well, I hope they'll bounce back. Because there's only Huddersfield that, come on, Yorkshire, Pull your fingers out. Here by gum, lad. Here by gum. Come on, pull finger out, lad. Well, Huddersfield certainly did, and what a great start to his second season for Ian Watson. Hey, he, he, and he's talking about Huddersfield looking back in the history and rekindling the the great old days. I wonder if I wonder if Ian Watson is going to do at Huddersfield this year what he did at Salford a couple of years ago. Well, he's capable of it. Is is uh, a fine coach. Uh, and is a fine gentleman and if you get two of those uh, qualifications together then you, you're on the way to success and he's already proved it I thought a lot of people were over criticising him last year because they didn't sort of hit the high spots but I think you'll find that um, he's been able to sort it out uh, it takes a while to sort of get things going you know, it doesn't always happen overnight and he's that sort of coach he did it at Salford and did it quite well. You know, nearly got away with uh, with two cups. He did. You're right. Absolutely, he did. Uh, and uh, Chris McQueen, uh, two tries for the Giants at the weekend. We'll keep an eye on him as the season progresses. Sig significantly for Hulkingston Rovers, though, Lachlan Coote was missing. Um, and Lachlan Coote, of course, under enormous pressure this year because... Going to Hull Kingston Rovers, this was going to be the key signing, a lot of people were saying. Um, and here he is, second week of the of the new season, uh, out injured. I can't remember him missing many games for St. Helens. I might be quite totally wrong there, Steve-O. Uh, no, and he's a fine player. And he, look, he will show his quality, give him time. I don't know what the injury is, but I do hope it's not that serious because uh, they certainly need uh, a player like him. Uh, Hulkingston Rovers will be on TV on Sky against Castleford this Friday night um, two teams yet to win it's not a relegation dogfight yet but it's certainly a four pointer isn't it yes and the pressure as I've mentioned before will be extremely high I was disappointed with Castleford uh, they sort of got themselves out of position the defensive pattern was all over the place and there was very few runs from dummy half and I suspect maybe that they, they've had a few problems uh, uh, injury wise because uh, we, we normally see runs from dummy half as a regular occurrence at Castleford okay we, we know they've, had, they've got a brand new coach but um, to me uh, they've got to start 
been a little bit more adventurous in and around the play the ball area and they failed to do that Let's see what happens on Friday as two teams there, as I say, Rovers and uh, Tigers go for their first win of the season. OK, we look across the channel now. Catalan against Wakefield. A nervy win for the Dragons. Um, it was their first of the season, though. That's the most important thing. They're off the mark. A late comeback only just failed for Trinity. Only two points in it at the end thanks to a Tom Lynham length of the field try for Wakefield. Sam Tompkins kicking four goals in the match and the fourth goal, obviously, proving to be the difference. Well, you talk about the second-year syndrome. Maybe, uh, you know, uh, Catalans are going through that same sort of situation because, I mean, they were outstanding last year, made the grand final, could have won it. Simple as that. It wasn't as though they were outplayed throughout the full 80 minutes in that grand final they they, they had a chance at lifting the trophy um, but it just shows you especially in sort of windy conditions or whatever but any conditions if you've got a good goal kicker that can just get you over the line sometimes you don't play to the best of abilities and yet you've got to rely on someone to add those extra points and uh, Tompkins did that he did a 24-22 win uh, for the Catalan Dragons so they are off the mark very close though in the south of France uh, the final match from last weekend was on Sunday afternoon they had it all to themselves Salford against Toulouse now again gallantry for a time from Toulouse Olympique but Steve-O I fear that the writing is on the wall yep I have to agree with you <clears throat> um, it's been a struggle because the, the problem is is that by the time it comes to the end of the season when you know that you're going to be promoted um, the chances of signing top quality players uh, is very low so it's always against them now in the past Eddie we've had exemptions remember when Castleford were, were relegated because uh, Catalan was safe in other words it gave them two years rather than just one year to establish themselves maybe we've got to do something similar to that you're right maybe the game should have looked at the, that situation because you, you're absolutely spot on with the fact that you say it's difficult for promoted sides to survive I read a quote from Derek Beaumont the Lee chairman and owner promoted of course for 2021 he says the club coming up gets the nod so late on when they go shopping for their recruits for their first season back in the big time it's like being given the keys to a supermarket but all the shelves are empty all the good imports all the players available have been snapped up elsewhere already I think we've both got sympathy with that view yes it's a, cha it's a shame because uh, they've lost Carella and Ford uh, two of the mainstays of their success last season uh, and it was always going to be tough as you say the, the quote with, uh, from Mr Bowman in regards to there's nothing left on the shelves it's, it's, it's quite true and even those shelves Eddie they're not really jam-packed with quality players all across the board are they? No, no you're right Steve but you talk about players who are on the shelves I think we ought to mention in dispatches Ken Seo four tries for Salford what a, what a yeah. try scorer this fellow is I tell you how good he is uh, he was a top try scorer last year 19 he has scored no less than 14 tries in his last 6 games now 4 tries in a game it equals the record for the club 
and it, it's just outstanding he knows exactly where he can put himself in a good position uh, it's, it's very very good in regarding to read the game and he knows how to score I mean to be the top try scorer in any competition at 14 in 6 games that's outstanding it is an incredible, incredible record. And, you know, Salford, um, along with uh, the Wakefields and the Toulouses of this world, Salford, they were being tipped as being one of the favourites to go down, relegation uh, candidates. But they're now two from two, Salford. Paul Rowley's got them off to a fantastic start. Yeah, good job. A lot of a lot of criticism as well, you know, especially when they, they got rid of the coach, Marshall. Um, a lot of eyebrows are raised and saying, well, you know, will Paul Rowley sort of, you know, will he make it or will he not? Well, he's obviously making it very well indeed. I know that uh, there's a lot of criticism at the club. You know, when you've got the, the guy who scored the most tries in the competition uh, and you sack the coach, well, a lot of people raise their eyebrows. You can't raise the eyebrows over what Paul Rowley is doing at, the, at this point in time. It was a great win. I know it was against Toulouse. We know that Toulouse haven't got, shall we say, the makeup to last the full 80 minutes. Don't worry, they, they try very, very hard. And last week, they were 10 points up. But they haven't got the substitutes, the strength and the character to continue on for the full 80 minutes. And most of the other clubs are fully aware. You know, they'll give us a good test for maybe 20, 25 minutes, and then it'll just run out against them. It, they're doomed hate to say it <laughs> okay look that's the Super League scene done and dusted more matches coming up on the TV this weekend of course not on Channel 4 we've got to wait till the middle of March for their next offering um, NRL Steve-O the trial games are underway there's a stack of matches in the uh, the pre-season uh, games being uh, televised on Sky more coming this week uh, any hints so far Penrith still Still the team to beat, do you think? Eddie, calm down. These are only <laughs> trial games. Uh, this is a situation whereby all the coaches are quite happy to interchange. Uh, there's no legal, shall we say, rules that state you can't use more and more in these trial games. It gives them the opportunity, well, we'll try this young kid out on the wing, we'll give him 10, 15 minutes, etc. And, and so forth. So don't take any notice of what is happening. But the one thing that I'm so pleased about is that George Burgess, remember he left South Sydney, came over to Wigan yeah. and had to retire because he had this hip surgery. Now, he's been to all the top surgeons to see if they could do something with it. And they've all said, I'm sorry, that's it. You'll have to retire. Well, some surgeon has come up and said, I'm going to try this new technique. Well, you wouldn't want to know. George Burgess, he turned out for his new club, St. George, in one of those test trials and felt absolutely fantastic. He only played 28 minutes, but that was enough. He said there was no pain, no problem. Now, St. George plays South Sydney next week, another trial game, and he said, I'm looking forward to playing against my brother, Thomas, watch, <laughs> yeah. watch for the sparks come out of the Burgess family. It will be an interesting uh, match indeed. And as I say, all these all these trial games are being televised in Australia. We've got them up here. You say take no notice of anything that goes on on the 
on the field why then why are they being televised why is the television cameras there at all the trial games it had never happened up here in a million years we're talking about Australia here Eddie we're talking about New South Wales and Queensland Uh, forget about soccer forget about baseball forget about this forget about all the other sports there's only one sport in New South Wales and in Queensland I know that they play down in Melbourne but it's the AFL that's uh, the big sport down there rugby league is just like football we have here they're they're thirsty for more and more exposure that's why they signed that million dollar deal and why wouldn't they expose it if you're paying big money you want to get it out to the fans more fans that watch more fans that look at the ads more fans that will pay more and more money I only wish we could get to the same situation we have in Australia in this country it's difficult we can't compete against football simple as that no we can't but you know we can come in their wash and in their wake there's no question about that because you watch one game of rugby league and you're hooked for the rest of your life okay Steve any other Aussie gossip before we let you go for another week yeah there's a, a young kid called Tolutau Kola who's only 19 uh, is a winger and in the athletics competition he recorded over the 100 meters 10.5 seconds now that's in the region of what I w- would say Martin of Fire we know how, how, how fast Martin could go now Manly had, have had this young kid under wraps since he was the age of 15 and that's how they bring them through in Australia if they have any potential they'll make sure that they get looked after get serious training serious diets etc and so forth it is big big business out there and if you want to produce a great star you don't have to wait until they get to 18 19 or 20 uh, these youngsters are snapped up by the big clubs when they're 15 16 years of age they're looked after if only we could have the money the expenses to do things like that then obviously that would lift the standard of our game over here but sadly Eddie we just don't have the opportunity because as we said earlier the multi-million dollar situation with the TV rights well we'll look out for him and uh, all the other youngsters on these uh, trial games that are being shown on on Sky this week okay Steve that's it for another week that's two gone more to follow of course two rounds gone um we'll be back in seven days time I just wonder if you've recycled all those Valentine cards that you got last week do you know the fire has never been as big (laughs) good lad good lad okay we'll see you in seven days time and we'll chat again all the best yeah take care top man